Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Welcome to Democracy Ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And it's 96 days till the election. 96 Indeed. more days of Trump officially in office before he becomes a lame duck. Because You're he super is optimistic. losing bigly. And I don't even know how you turn it around. I mean, like, polling shows him behind 8 to 10 points, multiple polls, among likely voters. Mm-hmm. And we basically don't have a race, right? Like, absent COVID, we would have constant rallies, people making pronouncements on media all the time. We don't really have that, right? We Absent COVID, I'm not sure that Joe Biden's poll numbers would be where they are. To be honest, I mean, you and I can list off and rattle off all the ways in which Trump has fucked America over the past three and a half years. But outside of COVID being a complete and total disaster and 150,000 Americans being dead right now, and probably by the time this airs, that number will have ticked up. Um, I don't know if Biden would be where he is. Do you think? Um, I think that's fair. I think there's at least three to five points that biden is bumping up because of covid Mm -hmm. i mentioned that only to say that essentially the race is moving in slow motion because you can't really campaign in any real functional way like we're used to you we would be used to people doing five six of like five six events a day thousands of people tons of media i mean like it's late july there should Mm -hmm. be like constant beehives of media around these people all the time thousands and thousands of people cheering at their stump speeches and all and we have none of that we have none of that and biden has i think mostly intelligently realized if i kind of like lean out of the way this fool will continue punching himself in the face (laughs) and i i mean like trump has to change the trajectory biden does not need to change the trajectory 
And I don't, you know, here's the thing. One, yes, I, I think that Joe Biden right now is taking what I could not stand that Nancy Pelosi did around impeachment, which is like, we'll just wait for him to impeach himself. Right. Like that is what that was Nancy Pelosi's uh, talking points back when we were all waiting for her to pull the trigger. I think that Joe Biden is staying very low key. Uh, he's not making a ton of news right now. He is doing interviews, but to your point, there aren't uh, any real virtual rallies. He did uh, do an event with Barack Obama recently. He had his 100-day countdown for the first time. And I will ask you this. For the first time ever, hashtag 100 days to go was trending. In other election cycles, presidential election cycles, was the 100-day countdown like a thing? Because this was like a major thing. I don't remember that being a big marker before like this year. Yeah. And which leads me. So that made me a little bit excited and dare I say cautiously, because I felt like more people are plugged in right now. And it was like, we have 100 days, which I keep saying is going to feel like 100 years. We have 96 right now. It's going to feel like forever and a day. But I saw all of these memes. You know, I saw Carrie, actress Kerry Washington put one up that said 100 reasons why we need to vote. And it was all names of black people that were murdered. Right. Yeah. And, you know, in no particular order. Um, but that was a meme that went out. And I feel like a lot of people are more energized at this moment, at this time in the campaign than I remember in 2016. You know, last night, um, um, Ryan, you're going to make a little edit here. <laughs> Two nights ago, uh-huh. I found myself in a ball of outrage, which is fairly typical whenever I have my computer in front of me. Um, but this time... <laughs> Whenever it's on and open. This time was when um, we saw what we've been seeing in Portland seem to happen in New York, right? Where like a gang, and I use yes. that word on purpose, of, of plainclothes NYPD cops pull up in an unmarked van, mm-hmm. tackle, and seem to kidnap an 18-year-old trans woman named Nikki Strong, throw her in a van and speed off. And this was denounced as unconstitutional, unlawful, Mm -hmm. a Mm -hmm. kidnapping, frightening behavior. Portland comes to New York, and we knew that Trump was going to try to do do what he did, replicate replicate Portland in other cities. This is not federal police. This is NY. PD moving around in unmarked cars with a, but you know, they say that she was wanted for defacing or putting stickers over police cameras, but you can't believe anything that the police say, right? You cannot take what the police, let me just jump back for one second. Mm -hmm. Remember about two weeks ago when we heard that there was a national epidemic of gun violence Across the country, homicides and violence had suddenly spiked oh, the roof. up. Yeah. Suddenly. And then you hear nothing more about that. 
Mm. And I hate to base things on what you hear, but if there was actually uh, a sustained gun and homicide problem in American cities, it would continue to be news. People would continue, media would continue to talk about it. But no, it went away because the initial report was bullshit. There yeah, was no national all, that, I mean, spike that's all in you violence. Needed. Yeah, it that was, was the all police you needed in order saying to, that we yeah. had that, but it was nothing ever. And they use information like that to manipulate us. And media reports what police say uncritically, as if they all are the not time. people who lie to help themselves all the fucking time. I mean, if we were to take the police reports, you remember back, you know. But a handful of months ago, when George Floyd was murdered, what did they say? Did that nothing. the suffocation uh, by kneeling on his neck, that didn't wind up in the police report. Apparently, Breonna Taylor uh, shot herself eight times uh, because that didn't end up in the report either. Um, apparently, Ahmaud Arbery ch- chased himself, right? Well, George um, Floyd we had a problem back- with his arteries. <laughs> right. And we we go back and we think about you know, these the report and I always because it, it hangs in my head like a ghost is the report about Sandra Bland. Mm. Sandra Bland, after a traffic stop three days later, decides to hang herself mm. in a cell where this particular jail, black people have ended up being hung multiple times. Like, get the fuck out of here. But we still take everything that they say as if it's coming from what? Jesus? Right. No, Allah? No. Buddha? Me- I'm, I'm confused. Media needs to be critical of the things that police say about the police. They are not honest, good faith brokers of information about themselves. And we already saw that deconstructed because you had lawmakers, local New York lawmakers, all over the place saying this arrest of Nikki, this kidnapping of Nikki in front of cameras that went vi- the videos went viral, uh, was totally wrong, and we need to understand what happened. And NYPD's Twitter account gave an account of what happened and said rocks and bottles were thrown at police as they affected this arrest. Now, we all saw the video. There were right. no rocks or bottles thrown at police. So that's just a straight-up lie to try to gain sympathy for the police, right? From But do you know what the media does, Torre? What did they say? I don't know. I think we have to wait until we see all the footage. <laughs> that is something that they continue all the time. I don't know how many times we've heard, well, we've only seen what? One angle. Motherfucker, you need a drone? Like, what do you need? What else do you need? And like, what else do you need to see? I I never understand that. But the media always says, you know, we have to wait for more footage to come in for you to believe your eyes and not the bullshit that they're trying to spread over them. I mean, Portland has seen a slight change in recent days, right? In that we are hearing that the federal troops police are leaving and yet the dhs leader says no we're not going anywhere let's put in acting leader because he can't lead shit chad is the new karen okay so 
let's just understand that all he does is rattle off a bunch of hot shit. We are need to secure the federal buildings. Let me, I wish that they had so much care in wanting to secure black lives and make sure that we weren't murdered at an, at an unthinkable rate, but they want to make sure what that graffiti doesn't get on the courthouse. Me a fucking break, right? Like it's embarrassing. Donald Trump right now is sitting behind how many fences? Mexico didn't pay for them. We did. But he's sitting real, he's sitting back real deep behind at least one, two, three different fences that he has. The perimeter of the White House has been pushed back. You know, if people know DC to like, I don't know, like the middle of 16th Street. Like it's it's ridiculous. But this is what they tell us. Crime is up. But when Barr is asked, is crime up? No, crime is at an all-time low in Chicago, in Portland, in all of these places that you want to send folks. Crime is at a low. You know, but the the, sure. the pathological weakness and snowflakeness mm. and mm. fear and victimhood of Trump mm. permeates everything that he does. Uh, what was that little bit of speechifying yesterday where he, oh, where he was like, you know, what I say about the virus is exactly the same as what Fauci says. And yet Fauci's poll numbers are very high and mine are low and must be my personality. And he keeps coming back to nobody likes me. And he said, because nobody does like him. Well, well, like 35% of the country does like him, but this is an irrelevant point of whether Correct. or not people like you. And it is not something not that grown folks go around obsessing over whether or not people like you. And when you've had all the imaginable privilege you could possibly have throughout your entire life and you fail upwards over and over and over and you are propelled out of your sixth bankruptcy into the presidency when you oh, knew gosh. nothing you failed all the tests and you still won the election and you're fixated on, but nobody likes me. I mean, like it's, it's Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> at its worst. And I, I, I don't understand the victim. He's like, he, 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 yes, you do. Mary Trump told us, Mary Trump told us where it all stems from. His fucking daddy issues and the country has to pay for. And because he didn't go to therapy, I believe it was Nicole Wallace who said this recently, because this motherfucker didn't go to therapy and get the treatment that he needed. We all have to suffer because of it. I mean, daddy did not love me. And so I have to I have to bleed. What did they say? What does the meme say? If you don't heal what hurts you, then you end up bleeding all over the people that didn't cause it. Hello. (laughs) Hello. This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us. 
a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now, until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. I mean, you know, when, when I walk down the street and see, you know, everybody wearing masks, and I do, I think it's sad, and I think about how Trump's fucked up massively, mm. and mm. now, you know, we are all wearing masks, and our lives are all upended, and like, the economy is a shambles. You know, that's the other thing I want to talk to you about, too. So in 2016, some people tried to tell us, no, it's not about the racism. It's about the economic anxiety. Mm-hmm. Okay. The economy is currently in a shambles. And yet mm-hmm. and still, white people are still going for Trump five to six to seven points, depending on the poll. Yeah. So it's not because of the economy that they're voting for him because there's no economic argument to fall back on now. So it must be the racism. Yeah, it it must must be. be It must be the racism. The white supremacy and the elevation of white privilege and the see how he sees you as in terms of white fragility and and it's the uplift of whiteness and he stands on black people's necks yep to seem taller to white people and his war is against black people mm-hmm. mexican immigrants mm-hmm. uh muslim terrorists and mm-hmm. chinese people between uh their their making stuff cheap and mm-hmm. sending over a virus so his war is against black brown and asian he is no yes. problem and, oh, any- and don't don't forget don't forget the gays Oof. his war is also against but the does gays. he have any does he have any problem does his worldview include any critique of any white people <laughs> oh oh sometimes it includes a critique of white women who challenge him, mm. right? Mm. So if you happen to be a white woman that has come out of your mouth to challenge him, he has a problem with that as well. You know, the other day uh, we watched uh, Ted Yoho go after Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, mm-hmm. right? Not a word, not a peep from any other Republicans talking about how disgusting, how disgraceful, right? And 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 distancing themselves from him. And I think to myself, where have we, gotten to but of course they wouldn't <clears throat> they got behind a man that wants to grab women by the pussy no the the way that republicans consistently run for the hills when somebody is a birtherist or somebody is you know trump is saying <laughs> as president trump is saying something idiotic saying something racist you know or yoho or on and on and they're constantly like either they're silent or they're like Oh, I didn't see that speech that everybody else in the country saw. I didn't hear that comment that every, you know, I read it, but I didn't hear it. So I need to hear it and get back to you. So the full context, their inability to call out incompetence, to call out racism, to call out sexism, 
to call out what should be unacceptable behavior that has nothing to do with ideology and party. What Yoho did to AOC, in a way, has nothing to do with ideology. In a way, it entirely has everything to do with ideology in that, you know, so much of what Republicans are about are about protecting what old cis straight white men have and have had and are threatened by the rise of a young brown woman who is smart, who is outspoken, who is, uh, you know, challenging of the traditional structures of saying like, hey, things need to be different. She had a brilliant comment about how poverty is quite often a driver of crime and that is not going to be solved with policing. So if you really yeah. want to solve crime, it's not about the police, right? Um, Bree Newsom had a tweet yesterday about how, like, let's try as an experiment, I don't know, let everybody have safe housing and see what it does to crime. I would only add, let's see if we guarantee a job for everybody who wants one and see what that does to crime. That would drive crime down faster than putting more cops in the street. Maybe if our if the I don't know, the public schools that were in uh, quote unquote crime ridden areas were not dilapidated, were not falling apart, maybe crime would go down. Let's try something that is about community investment, right? About seeing these people as an opportunity, right? Rather than an obstacle, rather than a problem. But see, you would you would create different policy if you viewed these people as actual people. Yes. Right? If yes. black and brown people were viewed as assets of this country. And I don't mean in the way that slaves were. (laughs) I mean in the way that if you invest in people, if you show them an investment in their community and in their lives, look what blossoms. But if you, you, in order to do that, you have to move out of what Republicans, their Republican worldview, which is that of scarcity. There's not, the, the way that they see the world is that there is not enough. There is not enough. We do not live in an abundant place. And what does that mean? That means that then I have to get mine, right? So I'm going to section off the world in a way where I'm getting my big chunk first and you all can find amongst the scraps. But what I keep saying is that the, the, the presence of a Barack Obama, the presence of an AOC and the tidal wave of women of color uh, and 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 black and brown people that came into office in 2018 totally works in contrast of their worldview, mm-hmm. right? Because these people, it's not just like, oh, this one over here is exceptional. It's like, no, as we begin to level the playing field and we break down what are obvious barriers and obstacles to success for communities that have been marginalized, white men are like, oh, this isn't fair. And it's like, because you've never had to compete. Right, right. You've never right, competed. Right, right. Right? And that's, and that's the reality is that when you have to compete with everybody else that has been getting more education than you, more experience than you, and you've been just twiddling around with your thumbs thinking that, oh, I'm going to have this good job, quote unquote, forever, right? And no one's going to challenge me. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit. It doesn't. It's it's not within their within themselves to say what do I have to do to be able to compete. It's like no, you need to flatten everyone else out so I remain on top. That's why they vote for Trump. That's why they care about the economy because when they are forced to compete with everyone, when they're forced to compete with people, they can't win. They can't win the right way. White people 
see race as a zero-sum game that they are losing. That's not how we see it. We see we are trying to get uh, equality. We're trying to equal um, some issues, and we're not even close to equal. Right. And I, we no. agree, like, it's not even where you, you're saying like equality, you mean like equalizing, but getting from like, you know, from 80, 20 to 70, 30, but we're nowhere near <laughs> 50, 50. Um, yeah. But I, I've seen, you know, smart people like me talk about, you know, the reason why Sweden, for example, can have these sort of policies that, you know, these sort of entitlements where they can take care of the poorest people. Um, if you have a baby in Sweden, they like, pay you to stay home for like a year I believe you get a year yeah. of maternity leave yeah it's a insane. year of maternity and they're paying leave. you not just like your job uh-huh. will be there when you get back but we are giving you money so i mean like really taking care of people because because the the wealthy and those who are in political power are not asked to care about people who don't look like themselves mm-hmm. right and people yep. who are whose history runs counter From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that forced David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. To themselves, a lot, I've seen a lot of tweets this week about how white lives and the privilege that has attended white lives is based on the privations that black people have had to go through. It's not just like this happened and this happened. It's not like just black people were oppressed and like too bad. White people benefited from that oppression and thus were able to have their more privileged lives, right? You're talking about like, you're not able to compete. Yeah. When the, when the pool is smaller than, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I see it very clearly in sports. Babe Ruth was the fucking man. I don't think he would have been the man in the Negro Leagues. There were no black players when in, in baseball when he was crushing right. it. If he had to go into the Negro Leagues and compete with actual pitch, with real pitchers and real players, it would have been a lot different for him. And you see that, and I just say that as an analogy for America in general. 
But one of the things your 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 great sermon made me think about is the way that our tax dollars are used, right? When I pay mm-hmm. taxes, that goes to uh, fix roads that I will never drive on, right? Mm-hmm. That goes into the pockets of police officers who will never beat me down. That goes, you know, into parks that my children will never play in, right? It goes throughout the city. But school is the only hyper-localized usage of our tax dollars, mm-hmm. which means that the school can only be as strong as the very local community. And, of course, segregation, economic segregation, goes yep. back for decades. Yep. So you are planning, like, this school in this area will always suck because there's Correct. only poor people who live around here. If we we're able to use our school tax budget in a broader way. We could create better schools all over the place. And then guess what, rich people, this would be better for you because you would have smarter workers and people who had a better feeling about their future because they're more educated because they're, and they would say, Hey, I don't have to go into crime because I have a good education. I have a good head on my shoulders. And I mean, like, it's a job program that will make people not want to commit crime. There, there, you know what I realize about these people? And I think that this is why I get so uh, infuriated and like just filled with rage is that they're not systems thinkers, right? Everything that you are saying is based on layered systems, right? Where you can see the benefit, but because they think very much in silos. They think very much about immediate gratification, right? And not, they, this is not an investment group of people, right? It is about what, like first money in, first money out. When am I going to get mine? Right? Of course, everyone would benefit. You would think, right? That everyone would benefit from a more educated workforce, right? You would think that you would want that. You would think that you would not only want an educated workforce, you would want a healthy workforce, right? People who people who have the ability to, you know, to to think bigger, uh you would give more opportunities. We've seen with tech companies the ways in which they give people more free time, right? And then they see that the productivity level is high. But we don't think like that here because what people, what these people want is that they want their money now and they don't care if they, it's still the slave mentality. I don't care if I have to break you. I don't care if you break. That means that you're weak. I can just put somebody else in who will be the other cog in the wheel. That's I mean, it. The, 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 the notion of weakness is really important that you just said. And we see this in the mask debate, which is bizarre that we are having a fucking debate about masks, but of course we are because we have one party that has for decades waged war on science, on media, on Democrats, and on facts so that they could have their own reality. So, of course, at this point, when science, media, and Democrats are saying, hey, just wear a mask so we can get through this thing, of course, the right is saying, no way, you guys are all lying. But you, there are some studies that recently came out talked about people who are on the right are far less likely to wear masks because they see it as a sign of weakness. And so much of what the right is all about is seeming strong, right? And like, 
I'm healthy, I'm strong, I'm in control of me and my destiny, I'm free because I'm American, so I don't have to wear a mask. You weak sheep who are afraid, you need to wear a mask because somebody told you to wear it. Have you seen, you surely have seen these, these mashup Photoshop images of like Trump on Rambo's body, right? You've seen this, right? Oh, yeah. This is like the fantasy of Trump and the fantasy of the right that they are like super strong. And of course, right, Rambo famously goes, right, wasn't it to Vietnam and killed a whole bunch of people there? Wasn't that the beginning? Oh, of- you mean that he didn't go to the doctor and ask for a bailout because, you know, bone spurs or whatever? You I thought mean. you were talking about steroids. You mean that kind of hero, <laughs> that kind of hero <laughs> and, and- that runs away from war and not. Oh, okay, got it. The, I didn't the, realize the, that the, draft dodgers were the heroes. Fantasy yeah, of strength, the right seeing itself as like strong and hardworking, and you know, like impermeable and not vulnerable, and needing no help from the government, which is a complete fantasy. Especially in a country where it's the red states who are the takers and the blue states who are the givers, right? The, that the red states are. Not you know that you're you're conservative and you're on the right and you're not take it's fucking ridiculous. Let me ask you something. <laughs> like you know, but I will say before you move on is that you know when when Governor Cuomo here in New York made that very clear point to Mitch McConnell who wanted to you know say that the coronavirus is a blue state virus, right? And like, so we don't need to give you federal funding. And then he was just like, okay, Mitch, then why don't you give me back the 140 fucking million billion dollars, however much that New York in excess goes to pay your bumfuck state. Come on. How about you give us that money back? Come on. Come on. If the blue states broke off and formed their own country, the red states would not, would be, would be a third world country and would certainly not be able, perhaps not even able to survive at all. Um, Oh, I like this idea. Is this going to be the next show? This is a great idea. <laughs> did you see The Politician like, on Netflix? No, I did not. I love this is show. Is that a good one? I love this show. Um, it's a great show. In the second season, Gwyneth Paltrow is running for governor of California. She has like a 99% approval rating. And the big part of her campaign is California is going to secede from the nation. And she's like, New York and Illinois, you can come with us if you want. <laughs> I like this show. I like this already. Let's she's, write up the blueprint. She's like, who are these 1% of people who don't like me? And they're like, well, some people just like to see the world burn. Um, we are <laughs> days away from Biden picking a vice president. And perhaps he, there may be a ticket by the next time we do this show. Yes. So knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. who do you think he going to pick? Mm, I think it's a toss up between Kamala Harris and Val Demings. Wow. I would be, I thought you were going to say Kamala and Susan Rice, which I think. I is- don't, Susan Rice needs too much of an introduction to the American people that are not policy wonks. I, she she I needs don't too think much. So I think I think I think Susan Rice has a lot of people who know who she is. Um, she continues in the Obama uh, mm-hmm. halo, 
reminding people of like, you know, you loved me because you loved Obama. She's part of that Obama cabal. Like, let's go. Um, Susan does not have the baggage that Kamala might have, having been a prosecutor. All the black people are like, oh, Kamala was a cop. I would be stark raving mad if a 25-year cop, former police chief, wife of a former police chief, became the fucking vice presidential nominee. I'd be like, have you listened to nothing we were talking about? In the year of BLM, you cannot put the fucking popo on the freaking ticket. I would be so freaking furious. I disagree. I think that um, we have a different spin and idea of what law and order is supposed to look like. I'm not talking about Kamala. I'm talking about Val Demings. And the way that she handled herself as an impeachment manager, the way in which, like, we know, I would know and feel comfortable with the fact that if they were to win, that the crimes, the fucking crimes of this administration would not be swept under the rug and that they would actually be held accountable. And you take all of the air out of the Republicans' mouths about law and order and, like, they just want to run amok when it's, like, obviously uh, that is, is not the case. That's the whole, that's a big problem because you're allowing Republican bullshit to shape the narrative, to shape the conversation, and you're They're moving the Overton anyway. window over to their side. We, on over here on the left have a deep and meaningful and true critique, an honest critique of the police. And we don't need to elevate a cop in 2020. I wouldn't want to elevate a cop at any time, but we don't need to elevate a cop in 2020 uh, to the second biggest job in the land. You really think that she's going to be part of significant policing reform? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm I like, actually, I did see, and I, I, I disagree. Who do you want then? Who do you, who, 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 who's going to, who's going to, um, I mean, I, that. I mean, I still like Elizabeth Warren. I don't think she's going to get chosen. Oh, I just don't feel I like she's going to get Warren's chosen. Is Elizabeth Warren still in the pickings? I, yeah, she's not been officially. I mean, God bless her. I loved Elizabeth she Warren. She was my first choice, but I haven't heard from her in a long time. Well, I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't hear anything that said she's officially out. Um, I, I, I put very little in these these nibbles that we get, you know, from media. I don't think anybody in media really knows anything. Um, you know, I take uh, I take a little bit more from Biden showing up at a speech with Kamala Harris written across the top of a card, right? Like that suggests to me, like he's thinking a lot about Kamala Harris. But you know, that may or may not mean he's made a decision. Um, I mean, I think Susan Rice is a very interesting choice. I think, obviously, I think Kamala would be a great choice, even though I'm concerned about what in her prosecutorial background could be frightening to black and white voters. I don't know. More frightening than storm Trumpers invading a state and a city. Okay. So then obviously it's obviously not, but I I don't, but I don't want to make the decision based on not worse than Trump because Trump is where, that's where we are. But no, but Trump is the, but that's the whole thing that I have wanted more than not not as bad as Trump. Trump is horrible. Agreed. I need him defeated, obviously. But I'm not like, 
I was never, we were both, we were like, well, I was talking about Bernie because I'm like, I want more than just to defeat him. I want more than that. I want an effective, progressive future and not just beat Trump. Uh, I, I need, I need more than that. I need, I want I mean, more I, I know, I know that you do. And I know that there are some progressives that do. And I consider myself to be staunchly progressive, but I don't just think that Trump is bad. I think that he is fucking dangerous. I think that he is Satan on crack. I think that a, another four that. years of, of Donald Trump, William Barr, Stephen Miller, Steve Bannon, and the whole gang of them is absolute I, destruction. I so I just, I, I'm like, Kamala Harris, oh, you were a prosecutor? I don't know. At least you, like, aren't a, an alleged rapist of, like, 23 fucking people. Um, I mean, I, I, at least you haven't used the, at least you haven't used your, 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 the Senate to enrich yourself, I right? Mean, I, like, I, I, I just. I agree with that, but I think these are the wrong questions. I don't think you haven't killed anybody makes you better than a murderer. Like, that's great, but I want more than that. I want more than. Better than Trump. Better than Trump is that equals ninety nine percent of the country, including inmates. Well, we can argue for better policies and better stuff on January twenty second, twenty twenty one. Yes, when the Biden Harris or Biden Demings or Biden Rice Ugh. or whatever the fuck the administration is going to be, when they are sworn in and Donald Trump is as far away from the people's house as possible, then we can begin but, to have a but, real deep argument about the kind of policies that are going to be necessary See, but in I order think, to undo his fuckery. But that's the problem in that if we wait until then to have that conversation, the conversation we will have is entirely different than if we are already pushing Biden to the left now. If we're pushing Biden to the left in the primary, if we're pushing him to the left now when it's time to choose a vice president. I see a lot of people who are saying, I'll vote for anyone other than Trump. Fine, that's you. Those of us who are like, I want a little bit more than that out of the deal, come listen to us, Joe, because you already got the people who vote for anybody besides Trump. So the rest of it, and I'm not saying I'm holding my vote hostage, but I'm saying I want more than anybody but Trump. So can we talk about that? Can we talk about some of the important issues that black and brown people need solved before we talk about voting for you because I don't want to just give you my vote because you're not as bad as Trump. I want more out of the deal than just not Trump. And I need not Trump, but I also want more than that out of the deal. Last thing, and we can go over this again and again and again. Mm-hmm. 96 days to go. Who's going to mm-hmm. win? I don't know. 96 days to go, you're talking about Barr and Trump using every voter suppression tactic that they can. You're talking about a president that is the first to ever say that he's not going to accept the results of the election. You're talking about federal troops or contractors or Blackwater or whomever having been deployed to American cities. You're talking about, oh, we don't know if we're going to have enough poll workers because of COVID. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I pray to God uh, every single day that it is the American people that win um, on November 3rd. But to be honest, um, you know, as a, uh, you're, you're a sports person, like we're, we're, we're not doing great. 
right? You, you how do you, I don't know. I, I want the polls to be right. I want Biden to be able to pull this off. I want people to be wrapped around polling stations with all of the provisions that they need in order to stay there for seven, eight fucking 10 hours, because that's what is going to be forced on them. And I don't want them to bail because this election is about their lives. But you are talking, I mean, just these people, look, they are going to do everything and anything possible that we have not thought about in the next 96 days to ensure that they steal this election. I know. So I I don't know. I see, I think Biden's going to win. I see a deep need for him to win among people who support him and people who hate Trump. I see Trump struggling in states like Georgia and Texas. I see Trump losing significantly in Michigan and Pennsylvania. And Uh like you, he cannot lose any one of Michigan, Pennsylvania and Florida. And he's losing in all three. Um, He's losing with seniors. He's losing well, because he's time. trying to kill them. So he's losing big time. And Dems haven't won seniors since 2000. He's losing, Trump is losing with people who dislike both candidates. And I think that is a key statistic. Mm. Trump won in 16 people who dislike both candidates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We could talk because he was an unknown. He was an unknown quantity. He then. was an unknown, but all, even though he, he was, was an pretty asshole. well known, but also but he was unknown in terms of politics. So. But also, when we could do a whole show on it, Hillary was disliked by many people. Right? I'm a Correct. Hillary voter, so I'm not critiquing her. I'm just noticing that a lot of people disliked her for some misogynistic reasons, for some real reasons. We could do a whole show on the many reasons why. Joe Biden is clearly running a campaign saying, I'm a nice guy. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to get Decent. in the he doesn't want to get him in the mud with Trump. He says mm-hmm. he critiques Trump, but in very dignified ways. It's very much about like, hey, you can vote for me and feel good about the country and feel good about yourself again. I'm a nice, decent guy. And I definitely think there are definitely voters who are like, I would like a return to that. And to get out of this anxiety and this icky and this muck that we have been mm. in for four years. Um, I I know that they will try to cheat. Uh, you know, to use a sports comparison, you could cheat and win a close game. You're getting your ass kicked. You're getting yeah. blown out by three touchdowns yeah. or, th- yep. or th- 30 points. You could cheat all you want. You're getting crushed. And I think we're trending more toward that than a God close really. game that is easily stealable. And, you know, I've talked with, I talked to Lawrence O'Donnell about this specifically because he has been inside the process. He's worked with, uh, uh, you know, actual serious major elected officials. And, and mm-hmm. you know, it was like, well, what if, what, what if Trump refuses to, you know, to leave? He's like, there's, there's no mechanism by which Trump has to agree to leave, right? At 12.01, on inauguration day, he becomes a trespasser, and the secret service—oh, <laughs> I like that. The secret service <laughs> like that. will escort him out, forcefully or not. And you know, I, you know, our feelings about this may change as we go along, but I think we are headed to the salvation that we need because I think the country is like. 
can't. I can't. I can't with this guy anymore. I mean, other than that, we're going to be doing democracy-ish from Canada. <laughs> they don't want us, so I don't. I mean, I love the tweets about Canada. Please invade open, us. But... We need you. Please invade us. But we're going to be doing democracy-ish from a satellite some fucking where, <laughs> if that's not the case. Well, if we move, we have to move, which is, you know, I'm against in principle. Yeah, I know. You're all, you're all like, I'm hanging on by my, by my fingernails. I am, and I want to be part of the underground resistance that is, like, you're fighting to return right. America to where it is. <laughs> but if we, if we were forced out, I'm not going to cold-ass Canada. I'm going to Jamaica. At least we got to enjoy ourselves in exile. I don't think they want us either. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. They gonna, okay. You got dreads. I, I got... mean, I am Jamaican, so I can't not take you. <laughs> I, I know all Bob Marley lyrics. They can't not take <laughs> me. They love not, me. That's not part of the citizenship test, but okay. It, 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 it is what I go. It hey, is. Look, okay. look, look. Jamaican people, I will give them credit for this, are serious news consumers. Yes. They care deeply about cable. Uh, when I go to Jamaica, I can go to the most. And they'll tell you what you fucked up on. Well, no, but I can go to the most out of the way bar with three stools on it. And they only serve Red Stripe. And they're only open four hours a day. <laughs> and I sit in the corner and someone be like, didn't you used to be on MSNBC? And I'm like... <laughs> Look at y'all paying close attention. <laughs> Didn't so you I am not mad at Jamaica at all. I love Jamaica uh, to death. All right, we can go there. Democracy ish Jamaica. They're edition. from Jamaica. All right. So thank you for listening to Democracy ish, the American edition. <laughs> I'm still Torre. And I'm Danielle Booty. And we will be back next week Woo. if. Woo. If, if there is a country. If. Hanging on by a thread, but it's still hanging on. It's hanging on like Torrey with the fingernails. <laughs> Pray about it. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.